Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners, how we can serve our existing clients well, and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all of this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Eubanks, and I'm so happy that you're here. Hello, sweet listener. Thank you so much for listening to episode 42. Now, this episode is about analyzing our past, looking at 2020 as a business owner, and preparing for 2021. If I'm being really honest here, I do not like this stuff. I do not like reflecting. I I don't like to look at numbers because they scare me or I'm so afraid of seeing numbers that I don't like. So I don't enjoy this task, but I also realize that if I want to grow my business, I do have to know where I currently stand and where I want to go. So I'm just speaking to those of you that happen to be like me, that you don't like this part, but I do want to encourage you. Of course, it it drives my husband crazy because he's an auditor and so he loves numbers and he relishes these things. And me, I could just run from them. But bigger than that, I do want to grow my business and I know you do too. All jokes aside, we know 2020 was tough, but... Have you really looked at the numbers? I know personally that some people have had quote unquote good years. Now I say they're good. Their numbers may not be exactly where they were in 2019, but they have survived. And I can say that they've thrived to some degree. We may feel like 2020 was worse on our business than it actually was. Or, of course, the opposite could be. We might think we're doing better in our business than the numbers actually say. So this episode is about analyzing numbers, our work, our products and services, what really took place in 2020 so that we can prepare for 2021. Now, I already told you that I don't like this reflection in my business. So of course, I brought on an expert who she's so good at it. She pushes me to do these hard things. Her name is Sarah May Dickinson. You've heard me talk about Sarah several times in other episodes. And so she agreed to come on today and talk about preparing for next year and closing out last year, closing out 2020. Without further ado, here is my conversation with the amazing Sarah May Dickinson from SMD Coaching. Sarah, thank you so much for agreeing to be on my podcast. This is actually Sarah's second time to be on the podcast. Uh, She was on episode 20 called Being Good at Sales, and she talks to us business owners about how to close that gap between marketing. I mean, dang it, most of us business owners, we're all about the Facebook, the Instagram, networking, but we don't know exactly how to close that gap between marketing and getting those leads into actually taking people's money and putting it into our bank account. And so that's what episode 20 was about. But today's episode is episode 42, and Sarah is an excellent sales coach. This is something that she is talking about with her clients currently. And so we want to talk about today and it's about closing the year. 
and prepping for the next year. I can probably speak for everyone listening that we're all going to be happy to see to say bye to 2020 and, and hello to 2021. So this episode is about as business owners, how do we close out the year and how do we plan for the next year? So I'm so excited to hear what Sarah has to tell us. She is a straight shooter. She is my sales coach. And so I appreciate what she does for me. And I know that you guys are going to learn a lot from her. So Sarah, I'm going to stop talking for a second and I want you to introduce yourself to the audience or reintroduce yourself to the audience. Rachel, that was such a lovely introduction. Hello, friend. Um, <laughs> hello, everybody. I'm happy to be back. So my name is Sarah Mae Dickinson. I am a sales coach and I own and operate SMD Coaching where I help people with individual and group coaching for all of the sales needs that you have in your business um, as a solopreneur, entrepreneur, small business owner, whatever you want to call it. And help you understand how to take things from a marketing lead to an actual sale. I think that's where we see things fall apart the most. When, like you said, we think we can market our way out of a bad situation. And we do all this great marketing and have all these great Facebook ads. And then wonder why there are no sales. So I help people kind of understand that process and what they need to do. A um, little bit about my background. I know that you guys have probably listened to every single one of Rachel's podcasts, but I will give you a small intro. I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I did my undergrad at Penn State University. I always needed a job because I paid for my undergrad on my own. So when I was at school, I worked for a place called Lion Line. We are the people that call alumni and convince them to give money to academics over the phone. So I did telefundraising for five years. Caller, trainer, supervisor, recruiter was managing about 60 people on the floor on a given night. And when I was home from school, I was a manager at a movie theater and I was what's called a swing manager. So at a movie theater, their peak seasons are actually the opposite of most people. They are summers and holidays. So I would kind of come in when they needed extra management, deal with that kind of staff and maneuver to either any department they needed it and then go back to school. I loved that job, but as many people listening to your podcast know, retail and that world is 365 hours or 365 days a year, and I had zero interest in working, that kind of thing. So after school, I was planning on going to law school and extending my education, but I graduated in 2010. Not a great time to graduate from school. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to have a lot of friends already in major cities, though. I had a friend in Philly who had an open room, and I went to live there because of my skill set that I already had for a 22-year-old. I was able to get a job in sales pretty easily. I repped for a group called KI Furniture. They are the number one provider of educational furniture in the country. And I specialized really quickly in K-12. Nobody at the time was focusing on K-12. They were focusing on the much larger projects and consistent projects. But I fell in love with the way that we design school buildings, educational institutions for younger people in this country. Um, and as many of us know, we know that that's kind of a crapshoot because it means that we're always kind of confused as to how we put kids in rows and then are shocked that they don't know how to work and collaborate and do all the things that we need them to. So I worked very diligently with architects, designers, end users, local government to try and change that as much as we could to create better institutions based on the, the way in which we're putting students in them. I was with that group for six years, but, and that was more long-term relationship building sales. 
the company in which I worked for just, you know, there wasn't a lot of upward mobility for me Mm -hmm. and I wanted to kind of run my own thing. So I left and worked for a small group, um, a small rep group that was part of SIDCOR. They are a group in an institution in the United States who creates small sales franchises for very large firms like Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Those kinds of places, as you can probably imagine, it is incredibly expensive to hire, train, and retain sales staff of mm-hmm. the size that you would need for right. you know, the world, so the United States, whatever. So instead, they hired out these little groups, and they are the ones that do it. So I started working with them and that was door to door, business to business sales where I was selling Verizon in the city of Philadelphia. So literally walking in and out of small businesses and trying to pitch the Verizon. So at that point I was 29 and I had had retail, telemarketing, supervisor experience, long-term relationship building sales and door to door sales. (laughs) And I wasn't, you know, after being there for a couple years, the upward mobility wasn't really there either. In my personal life, I had just got married to my husband. He got the chance to work remote for his company. We were living in Philadelphia, very expensive. And all of a sudden, because he was remote and I didn't know what I was going to be doing with my life, we took a real leap of faith and came back to Alabama where he is from and got here and my husband turned to me and said okay you're the entrepreneur go for it and I didn't know what that meant and kind of had a meltdown (laughs) and in the middle of the night one night was jamming my keyboard and found Upwork which is a site for freelancers and entrepreneurs who are kind of you know working outside the nine to five started taking some some freelance sales work which at the time was kind of even a new thing and within a couple of weeks, saw my first post for a sales or a business coach. I had no idea the industry even existed at the time because I was so in a different world. And I turned to my husband and I said, I just, you know, I'm not really sure what this is. Don't people, you know, nobody really needs the skills I have. Don't people already have these? And he was like, what are you talking about? Nobody has had the weird jobs that you've had. So I took on my first client for basically $0. And that is where SMD coaching was born. That was three years ago. And now my full-time job is working with those individuals and entrepreneurs, teaching them everything from the ground up, the real in the weeds, sales activities, exercises, and all the stuff that they need to know to make it consistent within their own business. Okay. So Sarah, you're telling me that you have done about every type of sales jobs, sales job possible yeah. And you're bringing I feel like you this didn't knowledge know to all us. those things. I, I love it. And the thing that I have to, I have to put a little plug for Sarah. The thing that she has really changed my mind about is that for a long time, I thought that sales was just this magic that someone either has it and they know how to do it, or you just don't. And you're forever out. And what Sarah has really taught me is that sales is actually a process. If you create a process with Sarah. Um, then what, what happens is, is when things don't go your way, you're tweaking your process. You're looking at the steps that you're taking. It doesn't mean that you're horrible at sales. It just means that you need to look at your process. And for me, as someone who internalizes a no or internalizes the fact that I thought this person was going to do business with me and all of a sudden they're not she took it and made it more analytical. Like, okay, well, let's, let's look back. It it really may be that they can't afford you, or it really may be that you lost them somewhere along the way. Let's look at this process. So I just want to put a plug in for Sarah on that about how she taught me that, because 
I know I'm not the only one that struggles with that. And your husband is right. Not everybody knows what you know. And so I'm so appreciative that there's sales coaches like you out there sharing your wealth of knowledge. And in fact, that's what this episode is about. Sarah does cut to the chase. And so we want to talk about um, the end of the year, Sarah. We've got our business. Sarah and I are recording this. It's like December 9th, I believe. And so it's the last of 2020. Many of you listening are creatives. You're in retail. And so right now is a really tough time of year for you. But I know in your hearts, you want a fantastic close to this year that has been a crazy year, but you even more than that, want a wonderful start to 2021. So that's what this episode is about. So my first question to you, Sarah, is what would you tell a client of yours? What do they need to be looking at right now? What are some metrics that we need to be analyzing in order to close out this year? So this year has been, uh, you know, there's just so many words that you can use for so many. You can Not say, all of them we're going to use on this podcast, okay, Sarah? So. <laughs> you can say interesting, you can say terrible, you can say a whole bunch in between. Um, the truth of the matter is, thankfully, 2020 is over. There is, you know, we're not out of the woods yet. There are still, but there is some stuff on the horizon that makes me from a sales perspective, believe that we're going to be in a really good spot by end of spring next year, Um, that summer could be somewhat back to normal. So um, keep that in mind, you know, you've made it through, you are not, you know, closing doors and you have done the hard thing, which is survive this year. Mm -hmm. The other thing I want you to keep in mind too, from a sales perspective. So I was talking about this with one of my clients a few days ago. There are a few things in this world that everybody in the country can relate to. I am currently 33 years old. I have lived through school shootings starting to be a thing. I have lived through September 11th. I have lived and worked through the crash of 2010 and now the pandemic. And each single one of those things has not only affected us individually, but has affected the way the country and businesses react to things, right? And those are just kind of four major ones. I'm sure we could come up with more. But that being said, when it comes to the world of business, you have to first and foremost come to the realization that it's just going to be different from now on, period. That is what it is. You know, things change after the crash, things changed after September 11th, and things will change after this. Mm -hmm. Some of it is for the good and some of it is for the worse. But there's been a lot of silver linings that have come out of this already. And I want you to recognize that in your business because a lot of people have gotten really creative Mm -hmm. and it's really been very helpful for you to take a step back and examine what those things are. What did you get creative on this year that kind of forced you to step outside the box? Maybe gain new clients, maybe gain a new product, maybe gain a different you know, perspective on your business and the direction that you're going to go. Whatever that is, big picture, I want you looking at that. Recognize that you survived, look at what you got creative on, and really let that sink in. Secondly, there's like three main areas that you always want to pay attention to at this time of year, regardless of what has happened on the planet. One is sales, one is marketing, and one is expenses. So I say that because you want to understand where you're spending your money and if it's doing the things that you want it to. So this is one of those things where marketing and sales become intertwined, right? Mm -hmm. Because I want you to look at the sales that you've gotten. 
where they have come from and if that is where you are investing your marketing. Because if you start to look back and you say, oh, my, you know, my sales are all coming from uh, Instagram and every single one of your advertisements is on LinkedIn, we have a problem. <laughs> you know, we need, to, we need to kind of like understand what's happening there. If you look and see every single one of your sales is coming from referral and you have literally zero plan around how you're connecting with your current clients and asking them for referrals or keeping them posted and keeping them updated and, you know, really handholding them, then we have a problem. So it's looking at where your sales are coming from. Is that where you're investing the right marketing efforts? And this could go both ways. You could say I have zero sales and then we need to relook at marketing or I have a ton and I don't know where they're even coming from. That's a different issue. We need to be tracking that. But we need to understand where your sales are coming from and how we can tweak that success even more to be getting you more leads through the door, whether you're retail or, or service or whatever. So we can get more people through the door in the first place. And then the final spot is expenses. And that's every single business, business owner on the planet. You need to be looking at that stuff because anybody that has Netflix or Hulu knows that $9.90 a month adds up quickly. So we want to look at those expenses, see what you're not using anymore, where you can cut the fat, where you can kind of transition, what you want to be looking at, and then what those goals are for next year. Okay. You said so much right there and I jotting like crazy. I, I love taking notes. Sarah and I were already talking about the type of learners that we are and we're, def, we're, we're no takers. I loved what you talk about with, I loved what you talked about when it came to sales Mm-hmm. and looking at number one, where it came from, because I do think that that is a whole. In fact, we talked about that a lot in episode 20, the top of your sales funnel, like where are these people coming from? And I, I know for myself that that was a big question when you, when you said that you're like, Oh yeah, I do need to know exactly where they come from because you cannot replicate that again. If you can't answer question number one. And then I love the point that you made about referrals in marketing, we all know that the best form of marketing you can have is word of mouth marketing. It's that referral because we take what our best friend says to heart versus the, an ad on Facebook. We'll have to see an ad on Facebook 45 times before we actually click on it. Our best friend tells us to go buy whatever. We're, we're there, you know? Mm-hmm. So I appreciated how you pointed out that if you know most of your sales are coming from referrals, what is your plan to continue those referrals to to happen? Because I think a lot of us just go, we just assume that those referrals are are going to continue and they may, but they may not. Or how much, how could they continue to increase if we just put a plan in action? So that really stuck out to me um, about the importance of that. A great question that I'm so sorry to interrupt you is, (laughs) you know, If that's the case, if you've kind of been in a beautiful situation where you're getting, you know, 20 or a hundred, depending on what your business is, 20 or a hundred referrals a year, and maybe you've just been too scared to ask the question or kind of figure that out. We want to kind of dial into that and figure out why are people referring you? Because there could be a thousand different answers to that, right? So it could be where you're located. It could be your quality of work. It could be... Maybe you have a product that nobody else has and you don't even know that. So really just like dialing into that question, even if you don't have some grandiose plan about 
how you're handholding these people or what you're doing with them or whatever. Even if you can just ask five or 10 of your customers, hey, what made you refer me? That can do a whole lot for your marketing efforts, for the way you pivot your sales proposition to what products you have. So even just going back and asking that question of a few trusted folks can really help change your perspective on what you want to be doing in 2021. Okay. So as a copywriter, you made me so happy right there with, with that comment because I tell my clients all the time too, that this copywriting thing, it, it is, doesn't have to be quite as complicated as we all make it. If you are talking to your best clients, they are going to tell you, they're going to give the language of what makes you stand out to yeah. them. And you're right. And then that feeds into any copywriting, any marketing that you are, that you plan to do. So I love your advice that you don't even have to have a huge plan around referrals. Just make a plan that I'm going to be talking to some of my best customers because then that can be your very first step and give you an idea for where you're going there. So I love it. Just a quick recap then for right now at the end of the year, be looking big picture and almost kind of celebrate the fact you've celebrated that you've survived 2020 and ask yourself those really big questions about what is it that I did? What did I change in order to survive 2020 as a business owner? Definitely be looking at sales. Where did these sales come from? Majority of where the sales came from. Look at your marketing. Where are you spending most of your time marketing? And then, and even a little caveat to that is, are my sales and marketing lining up, right? Mm -hmm. And then the fourth, the fourth thing you said is to look at expenses. And of course, mm -hmm. I don't think that's, that's not going to um, shock anybody right there too, but <laughs> we definitely want to, we definitely want to look at those expenses and shed what we need to shed and decide if we can afford that. Personally, I'm a very frugal person. And so I will put off buying certain software or trying a new program for a long time. But when you look at those expenses, sometimes you realize like, oh, I really do have the money to try that. I've waited for six months. This might be a time to try it. So let's talk about 2021 because we're ready to talk about 2021. <laughs> what are and some it's for things? reals now we're here. Like it's mid-December. Like it's no longer a theory. It's, it's actually happening. It's not. In my head though, is this weird? And you, you may not be like me. In my head, I still feel like it's June because this year has simultaneously went the fastest yeah. ever and the slowest. I'm not sure yeah. how it can do that both, but it has. So um, I am shocked still that we're in December. And sometimes I feel like, you know, we're in month 18 as well of 2020. So <laughs> all at the, the same time. So what is it that you are telling your clients to prep for, for 2021? What are some things we need to be doing right now? Okay. So I do this every single year and this isn't just a 2020 thing. At the end of the year, I want you to take some time and this won't take you long. But I want you to do some ground level re-examining of a few things. One is your elevator pitch. Two is your target demographic. And three is your packages or your product offering. Particularly this year, it's important to re-examine your target demographic because remember how I was talking about those really big things, right? Like the stock market crash, September 11th, you know, and now we're here in, in COVID. Anybody who's lived through some of those other things knows exactly what I'm talking about when I say for businesses, that in many ways changed a lot of people's target demographic 
what they were talking about, who they were going after, the way they were saying it, because just because of what had happened in the world, right? Like if you sell something that is affected in any way by this or the way people shop or the way people, you know, spend, maybe you, sp- you, your product is something that quite frankly is a little bit more fluff. It's not something that people can just buy every day, but they can buy it when the economy is good and they want to do that. The conversation that you're having or maybe who that target demographic is, you might have to go with someone completely different. Um, on the other side of that, if you're someone who sells cleaning supplies, obviously your target demographic has changed massively. So, you know, you really want to think about kind of like what has happened this year and how your target demographic has changed. In that same regard, that's going to affect your elevator pitch for next year mm-hmm. and your product offering. And something, again, why I mentioned those big picture stuff, COVID has been highly unique, right? So somewhat ten- when September 11th happened, it massively changed the U.S. economy. It massively changed how we react to things, but it didn't necessarily change the whole world. COVID is a very unique situation because it has changed literally every single human you could talk to mm-hmm. on the planet will have dealt with this in some way. So when you go about your elevator pitch from a sales perspective, I say never ignore that. Like, let's mm-hmm. not pretend like something hasn't happened that has a going to or has affected every single person out there. So think about how it's affected your business. Don't be afraid to hit that dead on when you're talking to people. Maybe it made you pivot your product. Maybe it made you pivot your target audience. Maybe it made you pivot what your whole business was. doesn't matter. Don't be afraid to mention that. So re-examine that elevator pitch. And then obviously in the product offering, then the packaging, it kind of goes back to the silver linings of this year. Did you change some of the things that you offer? Do you offer it in a different way now? Like one of the little great local bookstores um, started doing, uh, I talked to her about, she, she now does uh, box packaging. So if you want to spend a certain amount per month and you're a mystery lover, you can just sign up and have that sent every couple of months. Like think about some of the out of the box stuff that you did. And should we be bringing that into your regular world mm-hmm. as an option for people? Or has it allowed you to broaden your spectrum entirely? We have a friend who is a fabulous marketing coach here. Mm-hmm. And prior to all this, she wasn't doing anything digital zero digital. And because she was forced into it, it has now completely changed her perspective. And she's now doing much more like global type product offering, because if you can keep a zoom option for things, it's going to allow you to reach those people. So just go back, target demo. Who are you going after? Elevator pitch. Has it changed the way you talk about your business? And then third, your product offering. Is it the same? Is it different? Do your packages need to change or evolve based on this year and be ready for Jan 1 with it? Okay. So tell me, because a lot of that is, that's, that's deep thinking. I mean, it's hard stuff, you know, but it's, it's reflective. It's what we need to do in order to go forward and have a plan for 2021. Do you have a favorite tool or some resources for holding this thinking or that's going to push people um, to be reflective? And ready for 2021? So How I do you think the most about go, going about getting ready? Like, well, I think the most important thing in that kind of thought process, and it's important you bring that up. One of the greatest times about this year is that we tend to just have 
a little bit more time on our hands, mm -hmm. you know, to kind of put it that way, just because everyone seems to slow down a little bit. Business seems to slow down a little bit for a lot of our retail folks. They're probably cutting people off pretty soon as far as shipping. So, you know, their business is going to change. Um, many folks aren't making any business or monetary decisions until Gen 1. So even in your service-based business, you're not seeing that as much. So my biggest piece of advice is block out the time. Like mm -hmm. even Bill Gates takes a week off every single year by himself to read and like learn and think big about the next year. You need that yourself. It doesn't need to be a week. I know you probably aren't renting a cabin somewhere and bubble bathing and like hanging out by yourself. But that being said, even if it's literally just a day, you know, I'm looking at the calendar now and Christmas day is on a Friday. So it makes it pretty convenient. You know, New Year's Eve is on a Thursday. You know, there's a lot of convenient weekdays in there that you could kind of close up shop and be able to focus entirely on this kind of stuff and it wouldn't affect your business at all. Like if you're in retail and you're cutting off people right now for shipping anyways, let's all be super honest with, with each other. You don't even need to be open on the 23rd. Like it's not going to affect your life at all because nobody's shopping for Christmas and I highly doubt a lot of humans are just floating in to shop on for, you know, Jan 1 or whatever. If that's the case and you need to like be in it, that's totally fine. But if you could take even the 26th or the 27th and just a few hours by yourself with a hot chocolate and think about some of these things, because you only have a finite amount of time between now and Jan 1. So it's super duper important that you just set aside the time, whenever that might be, to give yourself that space to do so. That's a great point. And Sarah uh, is fantastic at, at pushing her clients. I, I know this personally about blocking and yeah. not forgetting that planning is just as important to your business as actually trying to make the sale. Because if we don't have a plan, then it creates chaos in our head. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why 2020 has been so uncomfortable, especially mm -hmm. for those of us that love a good plan is that you can't have a great plan mm -hmm. because it's constantly changing. However, if you have not put some thought into what you want the day to look like, what you want 2021 to look like, then you're controlling absolutely nothing. And I mm -hmm. love what Dave Ramsey's group has said right now for this year is like control the controllables. One thing that we can control yes. in business right now is to sit down and reflect on what happened in 2020, decide mm -hmm. if we're moving some of that forward into 2021, and then like you said, look at your elevator pitch. How has it changed? Look at your target demographic. How has it changed? And what is my product offering going to look like? We can control that mm -hmm. so that if it changes some in 2021, well, that's okay. That's fine. We have a basis. We have a foundation, but without mm -hmm. that basis, without that foundation, you really are just going to feel like you're falling through the cracks all the yeah. time. Yeah. And I think another thought on that, you know, my husband's a huge Tony Robbins fan. Tony Robbins says, you know, you want to think about your life in your business like an airplane, when an airplane takes off, they know where they're going to land. Like it might change based on weather or problems or traffic or whatever, but they're not landing in Toledo when their destination was Pittsburgh. So like, think about your business that way. 
And again, you know, in this reflection time, I didn't mention this before, but make some sales goals. I know that 2020 was, you know, a dumpster fire and that's fine. It threw off a lot of people's numbers. It's not a year I'm ever going to tell people to go back and say, why don't we use this to create patterns out of like, that's not a thing. So I get that, but go back and look at maybe what you were doing in 2019 and 2018 and make some sales goals for 2021 because it's going to be much more regular of a year. So don't let 2020 give you an excuse to not go about setting sales goals for next year or some big numbers on that because you have to have a destination in mind. And just like what you were saying, if you don't take that time aside to do it, you're going to be floating around March and say, I don't even know what's going on and really not even understand why. And, and, and that's, and that's well said. The, the fun thing I, I will say that I have been very blessed to know some creatives and retailers who've actually had really, I would say yes. good years. when I say good and you, and you, you're the same with me because you have um, some similar friends. When I say good, I also mean hard because they've been good years, but they have worked. Nobody's lying here on that one. Right. They have worked so hard to yeah. make this a good year. I mean, harder, small business owners work so hard already. I couldn't imagine them working harder and yet I watched mm-hmm. them do it this year. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how they survived, but you're right. We still have to sit down and we still have to make goals because that is my fear for myself is that we do look, that I do look up in March and go, oh my gosh it's three months into this year mm-hmm. and yet I'm still treating it as if I'm just floating around around and trying to figure mm-hmm. out what tomorrow is going to look like. So mm-hmm. I appreciate your encouragement here that mm-hmm. just because I like what you said a few minutes ago that don't bring the 2020 mindset of just sitting around and figuring out every day. Don't bring that into 2021 of course, yeah. some of that is still going to happen. The pandemic is not going to go away just because it becomes January 1. But with a strong foundation, with a destination in mind, like the airplane, yeah, we'll, we'll feel more in control. And maybe that's just what I, maybe that's what I'm looking for. I think 2020 has <laughs> control from us. And it is what it is. And small, you know what? The thing is, small business owners, we're used to not feeling, well, we're used to feeling control, but at the same time, we know that things can change very quickly. Mm-hmm. And 2020 just put that in a microscope. It just took that and made it exponential. Yeah. So. And just as like a, a small cheerleading moment. So when I started in sales in 2010, it was not a great time mm-hmm. to be in business. Um, I was in an industry where people, colleagues who were, you know, 15, 20 years older than me had made a, a really just crazy amount of money putting high profit margins on things in the 89, 80s, 90s, and early O's in the construction industry. And they didn't know how to cope. They had no idea what to do when it came to the change in technology, the change in the way people bought, what kind of sales you had to be, because all of a sudden you really had to be consultative. You couldn't just rely on other things. And most importantly, the fact that you just couldn't live on those kinds of margins anymore. That was, that was just never coming back. And so many of them were just sitting around waiting for that world to come back. And I was like, peace out, yo. And guess what? A few years later, they weren't there anymore. And I was doing better than them. So don't be afraid to realize, and I don't mean this with any disrespect, 
there are people that have closed this year, not because you couldn't make money, but they were unprepared to deal with the challenges that 2020 brought. And I want to congratulate those who are not only surviving, but thriving, because the fact of the matter is, we're not going back. Chick-fil-A is going to have pickup in their parking lot for the rest of my life. And I am pumped about that. <laughs> that, that being said, there's a lot of things in 2020 that are going to be around for a really long time. So it's just a cheerleading moment in the sense that you have survived this and know that the competition around you that is not taking this seriously or, oh, I just want to get back to normal. Okay, well, good luck with that because this is not, there are things that will go back to what we all consider normal, but there are things that we're not. And we have to take that into account and be realistic about that and put it into our goals and have it be a part of things and know that you're better for it. Yeah, that's, that's well said. And I like that chilling moment. It, it gave me chills because it does describe some of my small business friends. They know exactly who I'm talking to. If they listen to this episode, I have seen them do that. I have, I have seen them cry for a moment. They dried their eyes and they pulled themselves back up mm-hmm. and said, okay, well, let's, let's try this now. Let's go. Yeah. And you're right. There are certain aspects of their business now that they will, that will forever, that will stay now a part of their business because they realized that it worked well for them and it worked well for their customer, but had their back not been pushed into the corner, they would not have thought that way. And mm-hmm. so, and Sarah's right. We don't mean any disrespect to any business. No. We also know that there are some that they, they literally tried everything and yeah. It, and it things outside of their control, just, it didn't happen. But for those that have survived and they, I'm just telling you, kudos to, to um, some of my business friends. I was just amazed. So Sarah, we're running low. We're running low on time. I know that you've got some things coming up. I have a, another thing coming up here soon. But before we go, I have two questions for you. Yes. If there's anything else that you want to tell people about the end of this year and the beginning of next year as they plan, please mm-hmm. share it with us. And I definitely want you to tell people where they can find you and learn more about your coaching service. And so I'm excited for you to share. Go ahead. Sure. So um, first and foremost, final thing I want to leave you guys with, if you have not yet, or you've been ignoring it or trying to trudge along without it, you need to have a digital location to store your leads and your clients and people who have bought from you before. If you're retail, maybe something that's something like Shopify or some sort of backend thing. If you're service, you need a CRM. You need a place to be digitally tracking your leads, allowing you to see what's falling through the cracks and not putting so much pressure on yourself. A place where you can take notes, a place where you can refer back, a place where you can do that. So there's a thousand that you can choose from, but just get yourself a CRM because it's going to take a lot of the pressure off of you. So start there. Um, if you're looking for more info on me, my website is sarahmaydickinson.com. I am on Instagram at SMD Coaching. I'm sure Miss Rachel will be putting that in the, the show notes. Um, and if you're looking for some more continued education in general, I am starting in January, the SMD Coaching Academy. And it is going to be for a very low cost monthly 
I'm looking at $35 a month. So it's going to allow you to get a weekly lesson from me via video that you can watch at any time. It's going to allow you to get um, Q&As each week for any questions that you have, free access to my monthly webinars, free access to all my downloadables, free access to all my blogs, and an exclusive Facebook group where you can go ahead and ask any questions you need to in exchange with other business owners. I had been finding that a lot of folks out there have taken different business courses, marketing courses, sales courses, whatever, and have not maybe had a lot of contact with the actual coach giving the course or yeah. got to the end and said, okay, what in God's name do I do with all the questions I still have or my continued questions or anything in between. So I wanted to make a group where you're getting small bits of information at a time. Maybe you don't even watch all the videos. You get the topics that you need to and you move on. But more importantly, a place where you can ask questions of a real person find out what's going on in the world, the different folks that are asking different questions so you can see what's going on out there and just get access to what you want. So check it out on my website. Let me know if you have questions. I'm always here to help. Yay. I'm so excited about that coaching Academy. And like she said, that comes in January of 2021. So definitely head to Sarah's website to learn about that. She is passionate about you getting real help. Yes. Uh, not, uh, not the, overall glossed over information that is out there a lot now because what we're finding is that people still they do these and they're fantastic starting programs but in the mm -hmm. end you're still like okay I still have questions and mm -hmm. so um that is what inspired Sarah to come up with SMD Coaching Academy so I'm really excited about that and your your final point when I said leave us with something to think about it came back to tracking and that is so important because mm -hmm. all of this other stuff that we're talking about as far as, you know, your elevator pitch and knowing your, your target demographics for 2021. And then even looking back at the end of the year, you don't know those things if you're not tracking. And so she's right. If you're in retail, if you're selling product, be sure that your website or the program that you're using is tracking your customers and mm -hmm. if you're in service like Sarah and I a CRM which stands for uh, customer resource management did I say that correctly I think it's relationship it's management Thank it doesn't you. really matter but if you google CRM you'll be good to go it comes up and um <laughs> yes it comes up and so those are so important it's all about tracking Sarah I appreciate you so much I and appreciate you today. This was so much fun. I can't wait to, for other people to listen. And I just wish you the best. Merry, early, Merry Christmas. Okay. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, my friend. <laughs> okay. Bye, kiddo. Bye. It's me. It's Rachel again. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I needed it. I needed that boost, that kick in the butt to think about the end of this year and the beginning of next year. Now, if you've listened to this podcast for several episodes, you already know that I like to walk away with two or three things that were big ideas for me. I like to share them with you because oftentimes the last things that we hear are what stick into our brain. So here we go. Number one key takeaway for me was big picture. I know Sarah and I know Sarah is a numbers girl and I love the fact that she pushes me on that. I was actually surprised that when she, that she began our conversation today about looking at 2020 with a suggestion of looking at the big 
picture things about our business. In fact, she said that should be the first thing that we look at. These are softer things. These aren't numbers. These aren't hard numbers. These are soft metrics, soft questions to ask ourselves. Like, what did I do when rules and regulations changed or when I could no longer meet with people? How did I pivot to keep my business going? How did I change how I interacted with customers? And of course, there's lots of other big questions that we can ask ourselves, but that's a overview look at our business about how we made it through 2020. And we should do this for every year. We continue to say 2020, but it doesn't matter what year it is. Every year is going to be bring change to our business because our lives change. And so when we sit down to close out the year, we have to ask ourselves, what did I do this year to survive it? And a lot of us did a lot of things this year. So be sure to note that because that is, pro- those are probably going to be some things that we take into 2021. So takeaway number one, don't forget to ask yourself the big questions. How did I keep my doors open? How did I serve my customers well this year? Go all the way back to January and February and definitely start looking at March and April. We don't want to leave anything out. We want to jot those things down. Key takeaway number two She said, we of course need to look at sales. How many sales did we make this year? And then to ask ourselves the question, where did these sales come from? That is so important. And it's something that I often forget. But knowing where the majority of our customers come, then tells us where we need to be pushing or hanging out or spending money in those areas. And Sarah even encouraged us that if a lot of our sales were coming from referrals, were coming from mouth word of mouth marketing, to develop a plan around that. How am I going to encourage people to continue talking about my business? And I like how she pushed back even and said, hey, it's not necessarily about you coming up with a plan all, all the time. Sometimes it's about talking to those people. And of course, as a copywriter, I am all over that. I'm so excited to hear a sales coach say that because that's exactly what I tell my clients as well. Please, please, please talk to the people who already know and love your business. It gives you so much insight as a business owner. So takeaway number two, sales. Where did your sales come from? And can you develop a plan to increase those sales from that specific area? And finally, key takeaway number three out of many, but I'm going to keep it brief. Key takeaway number three is about revisiting your elevator pitch. You know, I think that's something that we write. First of all, we don't want to write it. And then when we finally sit down and write it and we work on memorizing it, hopefully we stand in front of our mirror and practice it a bajillion times before we get on Zoom calls or before we do networking activities so that we're really good at saying it. But I think that many of us, Assume that once we've written it and practiced it, it's done. We don't ever have to revisit that bad boy. But if we're analyzing what 2020 looked like for our business, of course, there are 
there are going to be changes in our business. And Sarah encouraged us to acknowledge that. If you need to talk about that in your elevator pitch, just really briefly, we're not talking about 16 paragraphs. We're talking about maybe adding a sentence or two. But if you need to talk about that in your elevator pitch, in order for you to sound relevant to your ideal customer, it's important that you do so. I loved her idea and her encouragement to revisit your elevator pitch for 2021. And I would even go as far as to say, and I believe Sarah would agree with me, that's not something you do yearly. That may be something to do quarterly or every six months. I needed the reminder from Sarah, and so I'm passing it on to you. As I close this episode, I want to encourage you to leave a rating or review of this podcast if you learned something today. You as a small business owner, you know the power of ratings and reviews. So thank you so much. And don't forget that if you are delving deep into prep for 2021 and you know that you don't know your ideal customer well, it you are struggling with what products to offer, you're struggling with your messaging, with the copy that you're writing for your website, for your products, for your social media post, a lot of it boils down to knowing your ideal customer well. Sarah gave us a great suggestion, which is literally talking to them. But beyond that, if you want to dig even deeper, I offer a course called Creating an Ideal Customer Story, and it walks you through the information that you know about your ideal customer and creating a short story about him or her. And what that story does is it gives you something to go back and reference when you are stuck. You're reminding yourself of this real person that you serve. Because sometimes when we sit down to write, we've got all of these things going on in our brain and we're trying to talk to everybody, everybody, but the person who buys from us. And that's what this story does for you. Once again, it's called Creating an Ideal Customer Story. It's on my website, Inspire to Engage slash online courses. And you will find it there. Currently, it's about 20 bucks and it only takes about two hours to go through the course. So within one weekend, you can learn more about your ideal customer and end with a tool, with a story about that person that's going to inspire you and motivate you and give you focus when you sit down to write. And it even gives you focus beyond that when you're making product and service decisions. Okay, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you again for listening to this episode. Until next time, bye.